It's after Memorial Day. It is after Memorial Day. Is it technically summer? <laughs> Not in Rochester. Have you looked out the window? I'm thinking that the weather pattern's all a month late. It's just how it feels. Right? I've been thinking that for a while. Our yeah. whole calendar seems to have shifted. And back in the days of older generations, I wonder how they would have handled that. You know, farming, agriculture, all that. Because really, we got to change. Like right now, everybody is technically supposed to be planting all of their vegetables, everything now getting like after Memorial Day. It's usually the trigger. I planted my garden over the weekend. So you just have to be very cognizant to make sure it doesn't get too wet, right? Because otherwise you could cause issues with, with the plants. Yeah, it's got mulch on top of it, so it'll soak up what it needs to. How big of a plot do you do? Not very. I've got a small backyard. Yeah, but define that. All right, I got four zucchini plants and six broccoli plants. Oh, cool. Yeah. And you do that every year? I try something different every year, but my favorite is the zucchini and broccoli because those are the vegetables I thoroughly enjoy. Yeah, I like broccoli. Zucchini, to me, man, it just sometimes it's plain. It's just like, oh, yeah. You got to know how to cook it. There's zucchini. Great. There's zucchini parm. My zucchini parm is fantastic. All right. I'm going to let you try to make me some zucchini parm. I, I can. I don't need to try. I know how to make zucchini parm. No, I, I, I want you to try to make me like zucchini <laughs> through your parm. <laughs> once, you put it, once you put my zucchini in your mouth, you will never, ever... <laughs> The gay jokes are just going to come piling down. I know enough, once, everybody. I'm once we started you. this mu music, um, the first thing that came to my mind, oh, where's Brian Ball? Uh, well, I, I don't think I should say that on, on the air because, you know, no, it's... it's I don't need the ball today because uh, we're not, I don't have a guest today, so it's just going to be Robert and I chatting with everybody today. We're doing a little news episode, um, so this, that's why we're just kind of get a small talk here and enjoy each other's company a little bit, but enough, enough with the ball talk. Uh, are you sure? Because... <laughs> Jay has your ball. Yes. He can keep it too today. <laughs> I'm already all over the place. So did you hear that the hemp industry associate... Well, first of all, how was your holiday weekend? I know you wanted to... Uh, yeah, how was your holiday? Did you, did you enjoy? My holiday weekend was very busy. I was very productive. I was proud of that. Got some lots of work done on the second floor of the house. It's coming along nicely. And you're worried a little bit about that, right? There's some aspects of it you didn't like that project? Well, there's more that I wanted to do to it. But because we're going to be selling the house, uh, I decided to make it less. Oh, all right. So I didn't realize that. Staying in Rochester selling or, or? Yeah, we're looking for a bigger place. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, are you kids in the works? Yeah, my cat, his cat. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So uh, what, what else? Tell me else about your weekend. Uh, Did you go watch any parades? or? or no, I am not a parade person. It's just, yay, parade. No, I'm not. If it's you, it's you, but it's not me. I like to go um, into the woods. I So I went to Watkins Glen thinking I'd have a little uh, exercise piece and, um, you know, connecting uh, with the nature. On the holiday weekend. On the holiday yeah, weekend. not much peace well, in Watkins Glen. I, I, this holiday is weekend. what I want to discuss. I'm, I'm, bef I'm, I'm confused. I'm, I'm, I don't understand when did it become so popular to go hiking? Because people didn't really do that that much when I was growing up. But you know what? How many times did you go to Watkins Glen on Memorial Day weekend over the last 25 years? Because I can tell you, you and I usually went during a week, off day. We, You and I were never in a place like that on a holiday so we, weekend when we traveled. We got spoiled. We? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, we were just smart. Accidentally okay. smart. But 
I mean, we don't go when you go to the Adirondacks. People are dispersed more those holiday weekends, right? Where Watkins Glen is south of Seneca Lake, and there's a bunch of wineries, so it's very um, uh, nice thing. There's a lot of tourist buses that go down there now, so you get a lot, a lot of the the buses with the Asians that come through New York State. You know, they, they kind of stop now at Watkins Glen from Niagara Falls. It's kind of a stop for them. So I'm noticing a lot of bus traffic. That's why they redid the parking lot at the base of Watkins Glen. It was still. Bumper oh, to bumper. Mob, yeah. It's just crazy. So, so my question is, did you have to wait in line to get into the town? Um, we to like coming down the hill? Not really, no. I mean, it was, like I said, bumper to bumper traffic, but it moved along. And we parked up top versus down at the bottom of where the town Yeah, is. you went into the park. Right, yeah. And, uh, you know, climbing up those stairs, all it reminded me of is a trail of ants going back to their community. It's just one right after another. Some There's no them, room, yeah. Some some people surprised me. I, I don't understand why you went hiking if you were going to stare down at your phone all the time while you were hiking, but I don't Let's know. not judge, Robert. It's I, a habit. I'm not judging. I'm just okay. questioning. I know, I, just, I know, because it's so beautiful there. Right. But but it. I, let's also add a caveat. The You going to see it this weekend wasn't really the best time to see it to enjoy the full Beauty and splendor of Watkins Glen. I'm sure the water was rushing, right? And oh my it was God, good. the water was so high. I'm sure. It was it was almost cresting higher than I've ever seen it before. Yeah, and that was cool. Yeah. That part was awesome. So uh, did you spend a full day there, picnic and the whole thing? We did, yeah. Got there uh, probably mid-morning and didn't leave till maybe six-ish. Oh yeah, good day. Yeah. So we... Uh, we had a little adventure that maybe we shouldn't have done. Uh, there's a bridge at the very top of the trail, a train trestle, train bridge. And, um, you know, we kept seeing people crossing it and crossing it. And I'm like, all right, well, that's all. We have to cross the bridge to get to the other side of the Glen so we can finish on the white trail where nobody knows. Nobody goes to the white trail. That's so great. So I'm proceeding with Dave and uh, there are emergency crews there. They're dealing with somebody. I, I'm not really involved in or looking at this, so I, I don't pay attention too much. Mm-hmm. And when we start heading towards the now open trail that people have made over the fence, someone said to us, hey, buddy, you can't cross that. You can't go in there. I'm like, really? I just saw a whole bunch of people crossing the train bridge. So I'm like, all right, all right. So we won't go in there. We walked down a little bit further out of his sight ducked into the woods and got into the trains and started crossing the bridge. And about midway, we're hearing horns yeah, in the back. Train. No, 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 no. Workers uh, of the park laying on their car horns. And I turn around, and I think they're mo- motioning to us to return. Maybe. I don't, I'm not quite sure. I, I didn't quite see their hands. So I'm like, don't turn around, Dave. Just keep going. Go forward. Don't turn around. And he's like, why? What's going on? What's going on? Just, just keep going. Just, we got to get to the other side. And, you know, when we got to the other side, then we saw a sign. You know, there wasn't one sign on the other side that says no trespassing. So technically, I really didn't know. So you went from east to west, west to, like, which way direction did you go? I would have to say I went from west to east. Okay, yeah. So you went, I got you. So you were on the side of... Where the uh, commercial area is at the top the there. Very, very top. To the there's a side. little yeah, um, and then you went stand. To the other side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now, guys, Bob was a little stubborn because he could have not had to go over that train bridge. He could have backed down 
about a half mile down Watkins Glen, crossed over a bridge towards the top, over everything, and then gone back up the other side and could have got to the other side without crossing that train bridge. Just to let everybody else know how they can not be egregiously, you know, okay. kind of a big baby like Bob. I'm not being a big baby. I was an adventurous you kind were. of soul. And there's no ha- there's no side rails on the train bridge, really. It's like wi- wire, basically, if I'm not mistaken. I, I was holding onto a wire. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So so you people see sometimes... Bob technically is legal. There, he's right on that side. I've been there many times. There's not a no trespassing sign because you know past hikers have ripped it off. I'm sure every time it gets reposted. But yes, people do cross that train bridge. But when you get to the other side, Bob's right. Tell him about the white trail. Like why was oh, it worth the it? The white trail goes a beyond what you're normally used to in the hiking trail in in the Glen. And it's called the Finger Lakes Trail. For all of you that don't know, the Finger Lakes Trail comes to the back end of Watkins Glen, and that's what he's talking about right now. Yes, it's in, in an abandoned part of Letchworth Park. You will find an old pavilion back there, which is kind of cool. Um, a few other remnants that are pretty much torn down but the old pavilion is still standing barely though i mean did you see how much no it's, it's still in excellent shape oh really yeah, oh yeah. i was i was there um last summer and there was a lot of vegetation so they must have gone with a weed whipper because there was you know what i mean there was like in the cracks and stuff there yeah. was they it had been grown in like it looked like it was starting to get taken over by the forest uh-huh um, so i'm surprised it was cleaned out inside uh cleaned out well that's that's you know that's that's a kind word it's 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 used probably not for picnicking, but for other Yeah, activities. hikers who come yeah. off the Finger Lakes Trail. Yeah. It's a common stop for people on the FLT there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, it's just before the dam, and I remember one time I had uh, kind of crawled up one side of the dam to get uh, onto the white trail. That was, that was kind of fun. But um, Yeah, we, I did that with you, though. I, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love going up that. Back there in that area is really cool. It is. So, so Bob... Is describing an area that is on the back edge of Watkins Glen Park. If you are on the southern, it's the very west southern or west side of the gorge. However, you want to look at the gorge. I guess it's like southwest side of the gorge. Right. Uh, but that connects to the Finger Lakes Show. It really is beautiful up there. Yeah. Um, but Pe- yeah, peaceful. We ran into two people, and that's it. So yeah, just five hundred yards north of that it's a mob scene and you just get to the other side of that white tra- white trail go past the campground past the top waterfall and you pretty much have the finger lakes trail in that area by yourself it's really right. nice yeah yeah so you can escape that and you can still make a good two three mile hike uh and deal with people in that first three quarter mile and that and coming back out that three quarter mile but you could go as many miles as you want because that finger lakes trail technically goes all the way to uh, buffalo and catskills so i right. mean you could get to buffalo or catskills from back into watkins Glen park yep it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Good place to meditate. Amen. Yeah. Fine, Ted. <laughs> yeah. So we have we, we want to make this a little news. First of all, before we talk about some general news about the industry and um, a big ad campaign that went out to help our podcast, uh, wink, wink, I uh, just want to talk about a little formatting change for the summer. Uh, summer's a busy time for everybody. And I know there's probably not everybody out there who has listened to all of my episodes that I posted, though I am going to put a challenge out there here in a second to see how many people actually have. Um, but, but what we're going to do is we're going to do biweekly episodes now, folks, uh, from now until Labor Day. We're going to make it a little bit easier on all of us to enjoy our summer, as well as it's, it's also probably a little lighter time uh, in the industry itself, because now we're just all going to plant 
plants and watch them flourish through the summer. Uh, so in the fall, we can they will be harvested and, and we can bring a new collection of, of people to you this fall. So we're going to lighten up a little bit this summer. The content won't be lighter. It's just a little bit less. Uh, but the challenge I want to put out there for everybody is... There's several ways you can reach me. If you have my personal phone, you can text me or call me. On Facebook, I'm at Brian Lane, Hemphletic Podcast. Brian Lane, Relentless Forward Progress. Usually when you type that in, I pop up right first as a Brian Lane. You can message me or friend me on, on, on Facebook or I'm at Hemphletics on Instagram. But those are the places to find me. What I'm interested in to see is how many people have listened to, let's say, more than 25 episodes. We're well. We're above thirty now. Um, I'm looking for a little assessment, uh, so I'm just looking for some feedback because when we see statistics, we see all the downloads. We see that we just got downloaded in Israel, and we just wow. got downloaded in Belgium to add our, and France. So England, Scotland, Aruba, Australia, Netherlands, Canada is getting heavier. Uh, with those, those other countries have just popped in the picture. So, so we know there's downloads going on. We know the message is spreading. Uh, so if you guys could help spread the message over the summer, it would be wonderful. Uh, t-shirts, wear your gear out, the t-shirts and sweatshirts, get them out by the fire, uh, campfires when you're going hiking, let's get it, let's spread the word. Uh, but what I'd like is anybody that's listened to 24 or five more episodes, just reach out to me. I'd love, if you don't have a t-shirt already, I'd like to mail you a t-shirt. I'm just looking to get feedback also on if you guys like the tone of it. We've brought a lot of different people on here. We have, we've had experts of different industries. We've had representative from Washington, D.C., We've had a professional boxer. We've had a professional uh, forms bodybuilder. We've had a woman power lifter. We, we've had a little, we've had the white face train park manager. We've had my son, my dad. We've, we've had all sorts of different things. Your lawyer. Yeah, my lawyer, who, who we're going to tell you about. She just got a big honor that I'm going to tell everybody out. Uh, so, so we've had a lot of different things. And so anybody who has listened over 25 episodes, I feel you are very qualified after listening to my voice for 50 hours. I apologize to you first off. And if you're listening, I really, truly love the support, but it's about 50 hours of footage. So I believe you, if you've listened to 50 hours of my episodes, you are part of our team. We want, please send us information on who you'd like me to bring on. If you have ideas, if you have people you'd love to throw my way, we do, definitely want to keep building on this cannabis and healthy lifestyle theme. Uh, last week's episode with Living Stress-Free, I thought was a really cool addition to our lineup, but I can't wait to have him on again. He was just a sweet man and talking to us about meditation. I'm going to also bring in a good buddy of mine uh, coming up soon who... who deals with people's bodies and, and massage. I'm going to have him on soon uh, to talk about that piece of uh, exercise that we haven't really talked about recovery. Um, so, so please, feedback on what you think you'd like to see on this podcast if it's a guest or a tone. Uh, and don't you think I'm not going to try and find Chris Long. I don't know if I, did you hear this? I, I, the, the Chris Long, the NFL football player who recently retired. Uh, he's had brothers in the NFL and his dad is Howie Long. Uh, who was a longtime Raider and, and a, a, a you know broadcaster and popular in the football world. Uh, he retired on a, two Sundays ago, I believe it now it was, or maybe it was last Sunday. And within three days, he made a big announcement about uh, that he smoked marijuana through his whole career and it's wow. nonsense that it hasn't been legalized and what NFL players have to do to recovery and what they can go out and drink all this vodka. And he just made this big, like, 
paying a picture of, come on, let's all get real about this, everybody. And I thought that was really cool. Days after retirement, he comes right out. That's the first message he wants to jump on. All right. So uh, I believe any stuff, he's out of Philadelphia. He's a former Philadelphia Eagle. So you can go to most Philadelphia resources or look up Chris Long. I think there's a video on YouTube about it as well, where he made the statements to check out Mr. Long. We definitely appreciate him. And you know, I'll be trying to reach out to him somehow. My girl, Anna, who we got on board to help out with our social media. uh, She'll be, she'll be definitely reaching out to him for us. So let's all cross our fingers. That'd be kind of cool. All right, so how about this? I mentioned something a little tongue-in-cheek here a few seconds ago that there's an advertisement out there for my podcast, a huge one, like million-dollar ad campaign, and it's all. I don't know how I can't call this for me personally. Ready? Well, I'll say congratulations. Well, thank you, and and I'll read what it is, and and I'm going to tell you why this is so important. Because even though CBD has been taken off Schedule 5 last year, it's in the Farm Bill, we're moving away from, we're all realizing now this cannabis, cannabis plant, it's, it's drives it within us. It's made like Dr. Dr. Harold Smith from the U of R talked to him the other day and he made this, this statement. He's a microbiologist for almost as many years as I've been alive. Uh, he made a statement that if they, they, they made cannabis illegal, then they should make our human bodies illegal because our human bodies produce cannabinoids on their own. CBD is legal, but yet we can't promote it anywhere still. Facebook, Instagram, there's the banking institutions, the law enforcement across the country is breaking down CBD shops and busting people for CBD joints that don't have THC in them. There's just so much confusion out there. And, 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 but we need to, and the only way we can do this is by promoting and being good educators. So the Hemp Industry Association, uh, which has been a big player in the cannabis industry for a long time. They're, they're one of those, uh, the industry association, I'm not sure where it began. You can go to the HIA.org to look it up, uh, but they are a big player in the cannabis industry. So I'm going to read what they're doing. And this is just, and they're based in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, hemp industry association in association with Hoban law group, bluebird botanicals and Bish enterprises is launching a national campaign aimed at addressing Facebook's current advertising policy of prohibiting the marketing and promotion of industrial hemp via Facebook and Instagram. Although hemp was redefined as an agricultural commodity, explicitly removing it from the purview of the Controlled Substances Act and the jurisdiction of the Drug Enforcement Administration with the passage of the 2018 Farm Bill, the current Facebook policy still classifies hemp as an illegal prescription or recreational drug. And I'm going to read a quote. This is very important. Sorry, folks, you're gonna, but I want to make sure this isn't something that gets to a lot of people, and I want to make sure this message gets out because most people listening to this podcast, you all support this. With the passage of the Farm Bill, it seemed, this is a quote, excuse me, um, from Colleen Cahey Lanier, the executive director of the Hemp Industry Association. With the passage of the Farm Bill, it seemed there would be a new dawn for stakeholders of the hemp industries, absolving them from confusion over whether hemp was indeed a controlled substance. It's not, said Lanier. But hemp entrepreneurs nationwide are currently being denied access to one of the most powerful marketing platforms in the world for small business, restricted to outdated policies that continue to conflate hemp with marijuana. Not all of cannabis is considered a drug, and Facebook's new 
AI technology is already obsolete if it, if it continues to recognize images of cannabis as a controlled substance generally. What do you think, Bob? Are, you, are they hoping to change? Is that what you're saying? So what they're going to do is marketing limitations posed by Facebook actually exceed what's required by law and have had a significant impact on the hemp company's capacity to develop their digital presence. Facebook, with its 2.38 billion monthly users, represents a massive market for small businesses. For new entrepreneurs looking to break into the growing hemp industry, being denied access to the social media platforms, advertising capabilities represents a massive roadblock. The, our goal is to change Facebook's current policy by applying pressure in the most public way possible, said Lanier. They use a wide-ranging platform to communicate, so are we. The digital advertisement, which simply reads Facebook Stop Censoring Hemp, will run daily in Times Square until August 24th. Wow. In addition, the association is coordinating a massive grassroots campaign among its more than 1,500 members in support of the much-needed policy change. I think at some point before August 24th, you're going to see a picture of me with my podcast sweatshirt in front of that sign. I, I think. Oh, you're making a trip to New York City. I'm thinking just for this. I don't that really want. That sounds awesome. You know, oh, how ironic. I'm going down to Long Island Sunday. Long Island? Long Island. All right. Long Island. I said I, it the way they do, too. I think it's really close to I think. Oh, oh I think God. I just I figured out huh. where, me, where I'm stopping on the way down. This ooh, could be ooh, interesting. Ooh, ooh, we got to go see this. So they, it's going to be right in Times Square, folks, this advertisement, right in the hub of New York City. What isn't that? That's incredible. That's pretty cool. The Times Square Declaration also promotes to, uh, a call to action urging viewers to visit the campaign's official communication portal at hempslegal.org to sign a petition of support. So please, if you guys are in support, you can check out the Hemp Industry Association, see everything they're about, or you can go to hemp's, hemp, I'm going to spell it, H-E-M-P-L-S-L-E-G-A-L.org to sign a petition of support. All right, that's the first piece of news we got today. There's so many good pieces of news today. I'm excited. Past guest, Sarah Payne. Bob, do you remember Sarah? Uh, I don't think I was here. The Little Redhead Spitfire, did you listen to her episode? I did listen to it, yes. So knowledgeable. Uh, she, she is really a leader in the industry of cannabis. There's a lot of people that lean on her, uh, and, and she's very well-respected. She's a little spitfire. So I'm, I'm going to read. She just got a very nice... Uh, award, not award uh, uh, so much, but uh, I'll just read it and you can decide if it's an award, but it is an honor, no doubt. And and for her to, to consider her um, a friend, I'm excited for her. So she wor Sarah Payne works for Barkley Damon. Uh, she's the cannabis team leader and she was named to the inaugural New York Law Journal, New York Time Trailblazer list. Individuals across the state were selected as those who have made significant marks on the practice, policy, and technological advancement of their practice, who are sincerely innovators and thought leaders. New York Law Journal highlighted Payne's role in creating and managing the multidisciplinary Barclay Damon cannabis team in July of 2018 to represent clients producing medical marijuana, recreational marijuana, and industrial hemp. Her, represent, her representation of one of the first five companies in New York State that was authorized to grow, 
manufacture, and dispense medical marijuana products, and her role as a member of the New York State Bar Association Committee on Cannabis Law and contributing editor for Cannabis Law Digest. There's a digest? Sarah Payne rocks. Sarah's selection as a New York Trailblazer is a well-deserved honor. She has proven herself as a dedicated attorney and industry frontrunner who has set the bar high with her outstanding service to clients in this exploding field, placing her and Barkley Damon ahead of the curve, John Langdon, the firm's managing partner, said. Our cannabis practice is thriving under Sarah's leadership, and she is undeniable asset to the firm. Wow, I can't even... And Barkley Damon, you think it's some little firm? With nearly 300 attorneys, Barclay Damon is a leading regional law firm that op- operates from a strategic platform of offices located in the northeastern United States and Toronto. In other words, she is no joke. Her company is no joke. And at the end of the day, she is a leader in the industry and, and, and un- unbelievable. So, so phenomenal. Makes me so proud of her. Yeah. Congratulations to her. Yes. So uh, there's other things going on in the state. Bob and I wanted to talk about, just touch base on, on some other things we're seeing that's going on around the news uh, before we close this nice, short, beginning of summer type episode. So, so Bob looked up a couple things. Let's see what Bob's got on his plate for us. What I got is THC changes policy to allow some CBD oil and medication on planes. So if you're traveling along and you have a little CBD in your pouch or in your bag, they are now permitting it. They are not broadcasting this announcement. They're trying to keep it a little sneaky. But congratulations, you are now allowed to bring that a, a small amount. I'm sure there's registrations. and you know. So that, that's excellent. And there's probably going to be certain restrictions now. So if you're carrying it on, maybe they're trying to prevent this whole THC being in every airport right now uncontrolled. So I'll bet you if you have it, they're going to ask you to say, what, where's the packaging for what you have on your vape? You think that might be where it's going? Is that how it reads? Uh, it, no, actually, it, it was more or less just permitting the uh, CBD, al- allowing it onto planes due to the fact that there is CBD oil in Epidolex, which is a Epidolex, seizure medicine, yeah. which is a seizure medicine. So they, they can't deny that kind of medication for the child if it needs it for its seizures. So I guess they're going to say, all right, CBD will be allowed within small doses. I'm happy. Yeah. Slowly but surely we're getting there. Mm-hmm. Every, every one of these little policies builds this foundation across the country. Right. Just right. as these building blocks keep going bigger and bigger and higher and higher, and we get people like Dr. Smith and these other people who want to really start doing the research to validate here in the U.S. that's been done in other countries. Uh, it's just really exciting times, Bob. How about this? So there's also an event coming up in New York that I want to make people aware of. So anybody interested in the industry, maybe learning about the industry uh, or seeing how New York State is, is playing a part, um, there's a, an event going on, the Eastern U.S. Hemp Growers Conference and Expo. Uh, it's for growers, processors, and entrepreneurs within the, in, in the industry. Uh, New York, through its Empire State Development Industrial Hemp Research Initiative, is poised to lead the emerging hemp industries, and the Eastern U.S. Hemp Growers Conference and Expo is honored to present New York-only professional B2B conference and trade show dedicated exclusively to industrial hemp. This is really exciting. It's about, a lot about CBD and, and the industrial hemp side of it. 
but th- this is really, uh, it, it's excellent to see because it's bringing people together to start networking and exchanging ideas and thoughts about uh, what we need to do, processes, what's really best uh, as everybody's learning this industry. Uh, the two-day event features presentations from hemp industry experts and key government officials, along with networking opportunities and trade show only time to assure our attendees have ample time to gather all the information they need to be part of the budding hemp industry. And there's so many different, um, so many different angles there is to get into this industry. And then if you're going to get into it, you have to be very careful because new legislation is coming out that's not written yet. So you got to be careful on your investments right now. You got to make sure you're led properly uh, by people of knowledge so you don't end up investing in something that gets shut down very quickly because you haven't done your research. So, so events like this really hopefully will prevent some of the things that happened in California and Oregon, uh, Colorado, uh, where some people in the industry are getting squeezed out. So it's very nice to see this. Secondly, June 12th to the 14th, there's an MJ BizCon. Next is is the name of it. MJ BizCon Next in New Orleans. Uh, so what it is, it's a place for cannabis business executives, cultivators, extractors, and innovators in the industry now nationally. So so a bigger version of this, except this is going to include the can- all the parts of the cannabis industry, THC side and the CBD side. Uh, so in for those three days in, in New Orleans, uh, people will be learning about the next generation of innovations, technology that are shaping the future of the industry. Uh, they're going to have a large show floor. Uh, they're going to have uh, gain, actionable conference content from industry leaders to prepare for the unthinkable, unplanned, and unimaginable in this rapidly going industry. Because everybody's learning so much on a daily basis. We really need this to help propel a lot of the science for good quality products. Uh, they're going to have an executive summit. They're going to have a lead extractor program built into it, a lead cultivator program. Uh, and then, of course, social nights. Uh, the keynote st- speaker is Anat Barron. She's the founder and CEO of Stashwell. Uh, she has been in, uh, let's see, she has led major organizations through period of upheaval, intense competition, market disruption, best known as the wonder kid behind Mike's Hard Lemonade, uh, where in three years she helped grow the company with a $2 million juggernaut. That's pretty impressive. So she'll be the keynote speaker. Uh, talk about the $1 billion beer industry as well, um, which is a big thing because a lot of people are talking about how to put CBD or THC into beers and liquids. Uh, so, so this is what that conference is about. So these are two big conferences, one in the Northeast area and one nationally. Uh, most of you won't go or attend, but I want to make sure everybody knows that this, these things are going on to make sure the industry, uh, I believe events like this and the networking and the exchange of ideas uh, will be what makes this industry so strong moving forward in this country to really help people health-wise. What do you got, Bob? Anything else nationally we got? I just looked up the California uh, regu- regulations for growing hemp. And it's, you, it's pretty, it's pretty it, wild, isn't it? It's, it's minimal. It's a $900 fee, a location for each farm, um, and the name of an approved hemp seed variety. And that's it. Boom. And now is that for CBD, hemp, or marijuana, or THC? Because there's three different things they look at. So the industrial hemp, that sounds like maybe it's industrial hemp there that you're looking at. Probably. There's three, uh, three levels. May contain, and, grow, and growing is something, just so you know, um, that is probably the easiest to get into um, in New York State specifically. Um, 
if you have the money right now because there's an open uh, licensing. So if you're a farmer that has the investment and then you find someone that knows how to grow cannabis that can help you, more than likely from out of state because there's not a ton of people here that have that expertise, that's probably your best bet just to start a farm. Similar to what Brett talked about a couple weeks ago from Salt of the Earth Nursery when he was on with us. Um, one more event I want to make people aware that happened in Rochester here a couple weeks ago. I'd mentioned it a couple times, but at this time I just want to talk about a couple of the speakers that were there and and my takeaway from it. So I went to an event that the Greater Rochester Chamber of Commerce put on. It was, what was the day, May 16th, Bob? Is that what we said? Right. Yes. And it was called Cannabis, Capitalizing on the Cannabis Economy. So what they brought in was some politicians. They brought in some lawyers. They brought in some community activists. They brought in some CEOs. And they brought in some medical professionals. And they had four panels set up. They had uh, four speakers up front. And then they had four panels set up. And what they did was it's just a moderator sat with each panel and kind of delivered some questions and, and the panels just kind of very politely chatted about each subject. Um, so we talked about everybody, everything from legalization, regulation and compliance, uh, social injustice and law enforcement, business innovation and ag and tech, and then the health and medicine. Those are the four panels. Was it a positive direction? It was, was it? great. All right. It was really, I talked to former mayor Bob Duffy afterwards and Dr. Smith, where the three of us are chatting. And he, he was enamored because uh, former male Duffy is, is a big advocate in the state, still he is. I, I don't know his exact position right now. I apologize, but he's in the Albany area. Very well situated. And he helped to run this event. And he it just, he was so happy because uh, events like this sometimes get combative. You know, you get people that have emotions involved uh, and it's, you know, you're a cop and oh, those stats are wrong or, you know, those, this stats or how do you test, you know, and they, you know, or how do you, you know, how do you, how do you va validate how much can grow in someone's property? And it, there's valid questions out there and there was no negativity yelling. It, uh, you know, there were times where one of the community activists would make a very good point about something and, there were, you know, you'd hear that extra clapping from some people out there just in support, but never anything negative towards anybody who is negative, which to me was so refreshing. And the head of the Mono County Health Department, very conservative, nice gentleman, very conservative. <laughs> very conservative. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm getting the picture. Nice guy. Oh, okay. Uh, he was on a panel with Dr. Harold Smith, and Corey Hewitt, who is the CEO um, for Columbia Care. And also Dr. Laszlo Mesler, or I'm sorry, Metzler. And he runs the biggest cannabis clinic in the U.S., 8,000 patients. He's out of the Buffalo area. He also works with Roswell uh, Cancer Institute. So educated. Dr. Smith and Dr. Meckler were just I, my mouth was on the ground listening to him. Just so honest and candid. Dr. Smith wants to do a big study. We're going to have him on to talk about it more in detail. But that panel was the last panel of the day. And, you know, a lot of people, It's the event started like 730 in the morning and it went until about two in the afternoon. Uh, a lot of people trickled out at the end. I was there right to the end. I stayed another half hour, 45 minutes chatting with some of the panelists. That last panel was the best of the four. It was just so engaging 
talking about how really there just needs to be good, valid research in the U.S. to help these big institutions, the FDA, the DEA, that kind of stuff, make their decisions on good, valid data, not data driven from Israel where they have a lot of good data on cannabis or, or some other countries like Amsterdam and Germany, you know, more progressive countries than us. Um, you know, they want our own empirical data. And, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think it's very much needed. It stinks that we're in this position, but at least we're getting there. So was anything set up or was it just, just a discussion piece? So it was discussion, but Axel Burnaby, who is going to be the lead counsel for the cannabis industry in New York State, was in the room listening to everybody. Also in the room was the Honorable Crystal Peoples-Stokes, who is the majority leader for the state. And she's out of the 14th um, district of New York State Assembly. The majority leader, she was there speaking and she's a way proponent of it. She used to be so against it. Her statement was, on the, on the, it was so great. She was one of the first speakers and she goes, my brother, I used weed against him, man. When I was a kid, he had a, he had a joint. I had him doing all my chores for like a year just because I was tell mom that he had that <laughs> joint. And now she said, there's things that happen in my life, you know, where in my family and, and, and things have happened as far as criminalization of people and. Um, I've changed my stance entirely, you know, and this is, this is a politician up there being honest as heck. And it was just so refreshing to see that. Uh, and then we had this guy, I'm going to, I'm going to hack his name and I apologize because he was so cool. I met him personally. Um, just a very nice down to earth guy. Um, Kwar Nazim, he's a deputy council general. I'm sorry, deputy, deputy council general, consulate general of uh, Canada in New York. So he basically is the guy who uh, is the legal overseer, I guess, of all the borders and say, you know, borders of New York, right? So his big concern when Canada went legal was, holy crap, what's that going to do to the borders? Um, and then he gave a very well-spoken account of how Canada has kind of moved through this. To one point, he's like, nobody's got their phones out, right? Like he was very candid about the negatives and positives of the growth of the the legal industry in, in the Canada, you know, and, and they went through growing pains and he kind of talked about it a little bit and it was just very candid. It was, I wish the video was still up. They had done Facebook live that day. I don't see, uh, I might go to, uh, I didn't see on the Facebook page where they have a video, but the, it was the Roger chamber of commerce. Just so you know, if anybody wants to look up some of the facts about this event, uh, there was also some business leaders, like I said, attorneys that talked about regulation you know, compliance, um, some attorneys that are really talking about that 280E, and if you're a THC company, you can't write off. A big piece of it was that. Uh, and, and then and then we had a, a girl that I just want to, she was so good and young, and her name is Cassandra Frederick, and she was up there with uh, a sheriff, Monroe County Sheriff, and she was up there with Mary Kruger from Normal, Rock Normal, um, and David uh, Sears, who is the Albany County District Attorney. So they're all on a panel together. So you got two activists and then two authority, and they all work together so well. But this this Cassandra Frederick, she is the uh, state director of New York for the Drug Policy Alliance, which is one of the players that has been helping to push this policy through New York State. Um, she looks like she's 12 years old. She <laughs> talks like she's 60 years old. And just this bubbly girl that was absolutely awesome to listen to and just threw stats out there to make people and challenge people to think more deeply into things, you know? Um, so it, it was a lot of good candor. That's, I don't want to talk about it too much more, but I wish 
more people had got to see that, to see where this industry is and how many really good people are trying to do good things in this industry. This is not a charlatan thing. This is not people trying to put fake products on a shelf. I mean, it's happening out there, but but not the really good quality makers products. That's not that's not what they're out there for. All right, I have a question. Please. We we seemed in New York to be so close to passing legalization of marijuana, hemp, or whatever mm-hmm. cannabis. Yeah, the THC. Uh, then it just seemed to have failed. I don't know the reasons, but I, I think you have a little bit more insight on that. And now it seems like there's this converse that you're talking about that they're doing more and more talking about. So how did we get to a point where we're almost passing and then rock slide backwards to doing a lot more talking? Politics and nonsense. That's it. Yeah. Um, so here's the deal. It looks like it's going to pass probably by July. Oh, okay. Um, in a separate legislation. It didn't go with the budget because they didn't want to tie the budget to this because there's so many pieces of this. Like, like Mr. Bar- uh, Mr. Bar- Axel stood up and said, you know, there's a lot of pieces to this. Like, okay, let's talk about home growing. It's a big piece. All right, well, let's talk about, in some states, you can grow four plants in your, in your yard. So let's imagine four neighbors that their plots touch and they all put four plants. So that's now a total of four, eight, 12, 16 plants, right? 16 plants that all can produce maybe two to three pounds. Those families are now covering their freaking rent. (laughs) Yeah. So these are valid questions to me. Like, to me, I would have said four plants in your house is like, fine. I'm just thinking, okay, people are going to put them out in their gardens and grow one cycle and that's it. But I didn't think of that piece of it. Like now New York's a little different animal because we don't have a huge growing season here. So it's not like you're in uh, Southern California or Florida or someplace where you could grow four plants, th- four cycles, five cycles through the year. Right. I mean, right. Or you could do it inside and just be continuing to continue to grow because homegrown doesn't have to be in the dirt outside. It could be down in your basement, right? And mm-hmm. homemade setup. Mm-hmm. So I think there's valid things that need to be discussed. And that was something that was talked about in the forum, right? Like he, he's collecting this data behind the scenes. You can tell because he brings it up. Is this something he's n- not nervous about, but knows he wants to think about? And I think the state really, I don't know this for certain, but it seems like the state really wants to encourage research. But the problem is all the states are kind of handcuffed because THC is still under schedule one and Mississippi state university is the only place that you can legally test marijuana unless you're a medical marijuana facility or something in these states. Right. But, but that's the place where marijuana is supposed to be tested for research and how it happens on people. They're supposed to be doing like serious medical research. And in the industry, I don't know much about it. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and pass judgment because I don't know much about it. But all of the leaders of the industry don't respect their research. I don't know why. They, they all, they just said, that, they just say that they don't use the right quality standards of what they're bringing in for their studies to really do it correctly. And this is from uh, Dr. Harold Smith said this and Sarah Payne said this and, and some other people have said this, um, but everybody's periphery, right? But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what anybody says about one facility. None of that matters. At the end of the day, we need 50 facilities testing. I mean, yeah, that way you'll get more 
that's information. Let's forget about who says what about what, but no way is it ever good to have one place as your only research for something. I agree with that. I I mean, I know it happens, but anytime you do a scientific study, you need more than one, one attempt. So that research study would be that one attempt and one attempt only if you look at it on a grander scale. You can't just say, well, I'm going to grow this plant green or something like that. You, If you're mixing two different plants, or you, there's a lot of different things to go about to come to a conclusion. And one location for testing is just not it. And New York State, all the medical labs have to go to Wadsworth or the Department of Health. Well, we should have our own. So now with this piece of this legislation, that's going to start happening in New York State is more places are going to start opening up. Like I, I believe there's one that's DEA authorized uh, moving into the state from Michigan that I just heard about today from someone. So I, I, it's starting to happen, but it's on a slow scale. Um, but I know New York State wants to have at least five companies in the state that can do good testing to their medical marijuana standards, and, which is different than every other state. Yeah, that's the bottom line. This is a lot of news. This is a lot of cannabis talk today. We, you know, we didn't have much last week. This we're really going heavy today. I like it. I like it. What else you got? Did you come up with anything? General, some general news before we sign off. This, we're making this a light episode, everybody. Uh, I want to get everybody's minds working and 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 learning about this plant. This this is the education time for all of us, folks. We got to do it all together. And feedback. We yes. want we want to hear some feedback. What what do you guys got? say um what would you like us to cover again brian mentioned all Hem- that hemphletics on instagram brian lane on facebook or if you have my personal phone number give me a text tell me you how many episodes you've listened to and what you would be eager to hear in the future please tell us your story would that that be a nice little it could snippet, be you we'd right? love to have you i i want to have someone who's listened to all my episodes on as a guest at some time maybe the 40th that would be a nice special episode huh someone who i could find that's listened to most of my 38 39 episodes and it could have been someone's that have been on before and, and we have them on maybe maybe we'll play that we'll see, we'll see if someone wants to be in my 40 with me does your dad count he can't be in my 40th he was already on <laughs> I love my dad. My dad was very happy with this episode, everybody, and, and I hope everybody enjoyed him as much as he enjoyed telling his story. So just put that out there. Oh, and by the way, uh, for those of you, there was a technical glitch when I originally posted that episode of my father. So uh, my father, the old telephone guy, some of you out there might have downloaded and it had the wrong RSS file. So so please delete it and re-download it. It has been corrected. So I do apologize. That I, I didn't put a note on my website, but I'll try and make sure I do that. All right, Bob, any other headlines that you think from the cannabis industry before we sign off for the day? No. I'm, you know, I'm How about good. this headline? I'm at Leafly. Leafly, by the way, is a great place for people to get news about cannabis, cannabis kind of goofy news. Uh, workplace deaths fell 34% after medical cannabis legalization. Do we think that's right or not? I don't know. Since 1996, a record 29 states have passed medical cannabis laws, many of them lose enough to attract recreational consumers along the way. Chamber of Commerce and other business groups have long opposed reform based on workplace safety concerns. All right, so I'm going to skip down. Oh, let me see where this article is published real first. So I can, oh, uh, so Leafly, yep, it's on Leafly. Um, and I just want to see, I got to get to the stats. I don't want to even mess around right now. In states with legal cannabis, expected workplace 
fatalities went down by an average of 19.5% for workers who were 25 to 44 years old. This reduction in fatalities also grew stronger with time in states that had medical cannabis laws for at least five years. Researchers found a very large 33.7% reduction for this age group's workplace fatalities. Wow. This suggests that rather than being an additional risk factor, medical cannabis laws are in some way protecting workers from higher workplace fatality rates we see in states without legal cannabis programs. All right. I'm not going to read the whole... You can go check it out for yourselves on Leafly, folks. That's kind of an interesting stat. I think we need to dive into that a little bit for a fact fiction jury's thought, Bob. That's your that's your task for the next episode. Don't be laughing. You're on it. <laughs> All right. Bob, what do you got? Anything? It's time to time to let these folks go enjoy a summer day. Yeah. I hope they have good summer weather. Summer's coming, folks. It's just delayed a month. Let's all relax. Wait, wait. I think I just went through eight episodes or eight seasons of hearing a similar mantra. Winter's coming. Now you're saying summer is coming. Yeah, summer's coming. Winter is coming. Yeah, but winter was winter was good. Yeah, winter's coming from Game of Thrones. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure you don't follow that. Well, I have not seen the last two seasons, so I'm behind. So, yeah, I have to watch the last two because I pulled myself off of TV to oh. be more productive. Okay. good. Dry. It's working. Now that the uh, Sixers are out of the playoffs, I've been very productive. <laughs> Less for me to have to go out to watch my soap operas. Soap operas? Yeah, that's me. I, when I watch my Philadelphia 76ers, I tell everybody I'm well aware it is stupid. I'm well aware I'm, I'm gay, but it's my <laughs> soap opera. I like to watch it, right? <laughs> Everybody's got her show. I have some people like Game of Thrones. I like watching the Sixers run up and on the court and see what goofy things they do to lose a game that they should have won. All right. All Not right. bitter at all. Can you tell? Settle down. Kawhi Leonard is the man. Beast, myth. It's so funny that he beat my Sixers. And, and when the first time I ever saw an NBA game live, he played in it and scored like 42 against Kemba Walker and Charlotte. Charlotte, excuse me. Charlotte in New York. Spelled the same way. Charlotte in New York, but it's Charlotte in South Carolina, or North Carolina. We love that language, don't we? Yeah, good babble. Thank you. Folks, have a wonderful day. Get off the couch. Night, night. Thank you, everybody.